Well, we have been on this series, this uh, event about uh, having a relationship and a marriage that lasts and impacts generations, and uh, it's, been, it's been exciting. We've been watching online all of the creative people that watch and how many people watch, and it seems like uh, the more controversial we get, the, the more people watch. So we're thinking maybe we should just be controversial as much as we can. But uh, anyway, we are excited. We are thrilled about this opportunity. And uh, so let's take a moment to pray together as we open God's word and look at what it means to be part of a mission and a vision. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, and we ask you to bless our time together. Father, I pray that everything that is said tonight is from your word. Lord, it is something that uh, we can rely on as truth. And Lord, we know this, that uh, when we follow the truth, our relationships last a lifetime. We thank you and we praise you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight we're going to talk about uh, mission, vision, and core values. And you say, hey, are we in a leadership uh, seminar? Yes. Yes, you are. Leadership, what it means to be a leader, what it means to be fully engaged in your relationship. And so sometimes people question, well, is that a biblical idea that we have some form of a mission statement or a vision statement? Or core values. And I truly believe that from the very beginning, God was very clear that we were to be about something specific. So I just want to give you the vision that is found right in Genesis, uh, the mission that is found right in Genesis for creation, for who God created man and woman to be. And I think that'll help you as we start to break this topic down in your own relationship. So think about this. His vision for mankind in the very beginning was this. For man... Uh, from, every, from the very beginning was to bear the image of God in the universe. So the image, the vision that God had for man from the very beginning was that he was going to be the image bearer of him. Man and woman, by the way, this image that was going to be presented. So the entire idea for mankind was image bearer. I'm going to present to the world or to creation or to the universe a image of who God is, and it's, it's the idea of being ambassadors and salt and light, and you're going to see that throughout Scripture. But not only that, Genesis 126 says this, and God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. Very, very specific words of what God had created man's vision to be. But then he doesn't end there. He, he gives him a little bit of a mission, and he says this. His mission was to lead all of creation in the act of worship as image bearer. Reproducing God-fearing leaders who obeyed and loved God and others through marriage. We see that in Genesis 1.28. It says this, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. They were given a very specific mission. They were to be God's image bearers. They were to produce children, leaders, those who would also carry on this image bearing uh, idea, this, this thought that they have been created for. And then not only that, throughout this Genesis passage, it kind of gives us some core values, these things that uh, they were called to be, things that they should define in the way in which they live their everyday life and how they adjusted for things that happened in their life. Notice this. They were called to be obedient from the very beginning. So this core value of obedience to God found it right here. Genesis 2.16 says this, And the Lord God commanded every man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. 
For in the day in which you eat, you shall surely die. From the very beginning, the first core value, this core value idea is, listen, if you want to be my image bearer, you must realize that to do so, you have to do some things in your mission. As you're uh, re replenishing the earth, as you find yourself having dominion over the earth, have you, have you have yourself engaged in marriage. And then he goes on to say this, man was, not to, was to love his wife as himself from the very beginning. Notice this. Genesis 2.21, and so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed it up in a place of his flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought it to the man. Brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. The value of the woman was presented there in his love. In other words, this is part of me. We are one unit. And that is important for us to grasp that this mission, this vision, this idea of how we treat each other from the beginning. Not only that, but women were to submit and respect their husband from the very beginning. It's not something that was added later on in Ephesians. It's found right here in this passage. This idea of helping man accomplish the vision and mission that God had given him. Notice Genesis 2, 18, it says this, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will create a helper fit for him. This idea of respect is also found for the women in this marriage relationship. And they were also, uh, had a core value of being one with another. In other words, so we have this idea of there to be obedient. Their idea is to be loving of each other, of their wives. Ladies are supposed to respect and submit to their husbands, but they're also to be one. They're supposed to have this unity together. Genesis 2.15 says this, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden and to work and to keep it. I'm sorry, I skipped the verse. Therefore a man shall leave his wife, father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Sorry, one flesh. This idea of unity as a core value for relationships from the very beginning. And then the last one is this. He was to work and subdue and have dominion over the land. In other words, it wasn't just that these two were supposed to be lovey-dovey in the garden. I, I think sometimes relationships, when they're in the dating phase, uh, we spend every waking moment to be together. At least we did. I don't know about you. But I skipped a lot of classes to be with Crystal. And... Uh, did a lot of long meals, drove a lot of long miles to be with her parents. I mean, I put some, ow, I invested. And so this idea of the relationship being lovey and dovey and is true, but there's also this idea that they were, they were commanded to do some work. They were commanded to do some things. And the image bearer was to protect this creation that God had made. And it's found right here in the verse I just read, Genesis 2.15. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to keep it, to work and to protect this image. And so we just want to let you know that as we get into this mission and core value or vision and core values, the biblical idea is that this is not without thought. We want you guys to grasp that as we start to go this, through this. And it's going to be a little different because most of you in the room have never thought about how you have intentionally established your marriage. And I hope tonight you'll learn how to do it. Love for us, 
And then that love that we have received from Christ is what we are to display uh, to our families, to the people around us. <clears throat> so when you think about marriage and the intention of it, the purpose for it, and what God wanted, as Ron outlined in Genesis, we want you to be thinking to a higher level for what marriage is. And that is why we're focusing on mission and vision. Your marriage should also provide the best premarital preparation for your children. And some of you maybe are taking a breath back and thinking, whoa, yikes, what is our marriage portraying to our children? But that is something very important to think about. And that again is why we're going to go through this is because when your children decide to get married, they have a lot of what they've watched in the home that they've grown up in. Love and marriage require work. And if you don't know your purpose, it is hard to live on purpose. And so again, that's why we're gonna focus on that. So having a marriage that changes generations develops a mission and vision statement, lives with core values, and has an action plan. And that will be our focus tonight. As you know, we're always talking generationally in our church and trying to stress that our church would be a three, four generation church. So when you think about that across the generations, lived well, your mission and vision will help shape the next generation. And the stronger your relationship is, the greater security your children will have as they are growing up. And some people think, oh, if I just dote all over my kids, they'll have high self-esteem. No, the best thing that you can do for your children is to love each other. And that relationship will be what solidifies how they feel that they can go out into the world when they've grown up in a strong home. Another thing is the commitment enthusiasm that you have to the mission and vision that you will hopefully create, this will permeate your children and your grandchildren's lives. It will create a legacy. And that is why uh, we wanna really, really focus on this. So as we were talking about this, Ron and I thought, you know, we really have not shared probably the story that really took our marriage and sent it in a whole different direction. And we talked and said it was probably because we had not started out with a mission and vision yeah. that when we were confronted with a decision, um, it went a different direction. So um, I'm gonna start, but Ron told me he has permission to interrupt at any time. <laughs> so um, our children were roughly two, four, and six. And I told Ron that I wanted to work outside of the home. And Ron told me that he was not for that. He said, you know, that he was the curse to work is for the man in the garden um, and the woman would be childbearing. So he was like, if you want to take on my curse and work and bear children, he's yeah. like, Go, go for it. And I kind of didn't know what to think about that, but I still moved forward with, I want to work. And so he said, okay, again, I don't want you to work outside the home, but if you want to work outside the home, um, you have to prioritize our home. That means you prioritize me, the children, and taking care of the home. And then if you have time, you work. So I kind of thought through that. And I grew up watching the Cosby show. Claire Huxtable, Amen. she did it all. And I thought, I can do this. So 
started out, we agreed. I thought you could do it too. I, I, well, so we started out that I would work just two hours, uh, excuse me, two days a week. But for anybody who knows me, that's, I'm not a person of like um, restraint. So um, we started out and I remember the first time that I needed help with something with the house. I can't even remember what it was. I'm just gonna say, honey, would you be willing to vacuum? And he just looked at me all calm and he said, I, we agreed that if I let you work outside of the house, that you were going to take care of me, the children, and the house. So he's like, I'm not going to vacuum. And I was like, whoa. Like I was. <laughs> Man, I, this is not going to look good for me. I, I know. <laughs> but he was just like, I, Crystal, I told you that this is not what I want to do. I want to provide for you. I want to take care of and so I want you to take care of our home. I do not want to do those kind of things. So grin and bear it, fine. I can figure out how to do the vacuuming, whatever it was. So this went on and I probably would make it about three, four months before I, you know, feel like I was maxed and everything that I was doing. And I was also starting to work longer and that was, you know, a little frustrating to him. And, but I got to the point I'd ask him again. So you get the picture and each time he calmly had, I think he might've had the script memorized. Crystal, we <laughs> agreed that you would take care of, and I'd hear it again. <laughs> so this went on for a while and finally I remember one day I had hit my max. I flung myself across the bed in all my drama probably and said, fine. I'll quit working, to which he didn't argue. <laughs> I didn't say, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, honey. No. No, I, I didn't say that. No, you didn't. I said, that's great. Probably, probably. But it was, so it was really hard, but Ron just really, really tried to express that what he wanted for our home was that I would stay in our home and make him a priority, our children a priority, and, and just taking care of the home so that he could work and it was not a stressful life for him. And while we were working, we had a very stressful life. Let me just say that. Um, we fought about money, which made no sense to me because he said, whatever you make, that's your fun money that will not be used to pay any bills. You would think I would be like, that was amazing. But we fought about money. And so there was just a lot of things that were, like when I decided that I would stay home, um, and be in our home that changed. And I'm not saying that that is for everybody and there might be men in here who are like, hey, I want my, my wife to work outside of the home. But what that did for us was align our priorities. And I think that's what we're asking all of you to think about and do in this. Align your priorities in life because I realized that my heart was really straying from our home, that I, I was not as intent on am I really focused on rearing godly children who will love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so, so anyhow, we just kind of, to just tell a little bit about where we were, and from that point, um, 
we were able to, to go in a very set direction of what we wanted for our home and for our family. And it did help us line our, our vision, our mission, and core values for our home. And I don't know if without that, well, I really just don't know. I don't know what it would be. And to this day, I tell Ron, I am so glad that you towed the line for our family um, because I'm just too aggressive when I go and do something I want. You did, you did say that. That's good. I, I want a different level of... I think that one of the things that we also in the story, you have to realize is that my wife is incredibly capable. If you know her, I mean, she is a rock star when it comes to capability. And so the battle was not about whether she could or she couldn't. Uh, it really was just about a direction that I had experienced in my own life and what I was really looking for from the very beginning, what I, what I thought the model uh, biblical family looked like and or just for me personally. Uh, I am also extremely driven. I'm a workaholic, and there can't be two workaholics in the home at the same time, and we have time for children. This is not going to happen. And so one of the things was if you have double workaholics who are driven to perform, there's just a natural conflict. And I agree with you. I think we fought over money. We fought over time. We fought over parenting. We taught, I mean, we fought over everything uh, in this period of time that was probably much greater than... Um, than we really wanted to experience. Yeah, we, we paid a price for it during that yeah. point in our marriage. And um, I just once, uh, and really it, it did come down to, this is what Ron wanted for our home. And so for me to say, you know what? I need to align my goals and vision with what he wants for our home. And, you know, again, to this day, I'm incredibly grateful because um, I see how God was growing and using that all throughout the years to where we are now. Um, with Ron as the head pastor and our children all um, are, are serving the Lord, loving the Lord in ministry. And, um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for the direction that you had for our family. So um, when you start thinking about your mission and vision for your family and what you want, one of the first things I think of is don't just brainstorm, pray storm. <laughs> Ask God to, to really give you a clear direction for your family. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Our marriages need more love, more peace, more joy, more of the fruit of the Spirit. And as many of you know, it takes a lot of work to achieve that. Um, so spend time in God's Word. Find verses that are going to help give you direction. Ask God to show you through the prayer, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through time in the Word of God. Um, the process of identifying visions and values always begin with aligning yourself to God's word. Um, you know, you can't get a word from God without getting into the word of God. Mm -hmm. So the goal of marriage isn't happiness, it is holiness. And so when we look at God's word and we say, what does God's word say? That is where we hope that you will begin your foundation through prayer, the Holy Spirit, and reading God's word. And I also want you to know that everybody has a different mission. Uh, everybody has a different focus. You, we're not here to say that our way is the best way or your way is not the best way. What we're here to do is to say you need a way. You need a way that you guys are deciding together how you're going to accomplish or where you're going to go. And you're going to describe and talk about why you want to do it. It's not just about one thing or the other. It, it really is about, hey, we are one. We're going in a direction. We, have a, we understand each other's weaknesses and our strengths. And, and I, just so you know, in the whole story of our story is, I knew Crystal's strength, and I still know it to this day. She cannot slow down. 
She cannot take less responsibility, even in a heart attack situation. If she has one good day, she thinks she's healed. <laughs> and then we have four or five bad days, and then she's healed. And so she thinks she can go up. So I know her. I have to protect her from himself because, just so you know, that was my role in the garden, to protect my family. And so you have to understand that and you have to know those things. But let's talk about vision. What is vision what it's all about? A vision statement focuses on a central goal that inspires your relationship to ultimately achieve what you want your marriage to be known for. Okay? Your vision is what you're, what you're willing to say. This, this is what our end goal is in our marriage, where we want to be and what we want to do. Your vision, like a rudder on a ship that steers your marriage. This is what a vision does. It kind of it directs you. So in our situation, in this situation with her, it was, just, it was steering us in a different direction than we really wanted to go. Because the truth is, if you would have sat down with either of us at the time she was working, she would say, oh, no, I want to have godly, God-fearing parents, our kids. I want to be fully engaged in a relationship with you. I, I want to have a home that thrives. So the descriptions that we were making were not happening due to the veering with uh, the ship. And so it's a declarative statement that defines your long-term plans for the future. And consider it a roadmap. A roadmap of where you want to be in 20, 30, 50, 60 years. In my mind, I think about until death do us part when it comes to marriage. What is the end going to look like? It should inspire and motivate, more, uh, motivate your marriage to greatness. In other words, it should be written in such a way, a thought in such a way that this is what we're doing. And it's something great. It's something that's going to last a long time, be a legacy idea for our children. It keeps your focus on the central goal of your marriage. Okay, the central goal of what is the purpose of your marriage? What have you two decided that that purpose is? Adds an increased level of positivity to the relationship. In other words, we have a, if we have a goal, then we can be positive about what we're doing. These sacrifices that we're making, these changes that we're making, this pain in the instant right now that we're making, it's changed. Uh, it, it, it doesn't allow it change. So we're constant positive reinforcement. And your vision gives you your purpose for why you will make sacrifices Daily, those are very, very important. So this vision idea, these descriptions are how you start to create and make your vision statement. Now, your vision statement should attract your children to Jesus. In other words, when we finish this statement and we draw it out, our children should be looking at that if we have children or we don't have children. But at the end of the story, people, children, the friends that we have should be saying, hey, that is a very attractive thing. That vision, the where you're going, and, and we're, we're, we're pointed towards Christ in the way in which your family is developed. And, and for us, and that was kind of one of our main ideas, and we'll get to that a little later, but that was what a vision is all about. Yeah. For those of you who are with us on our first lesson, we played a video of a young man who was in our youth group many, many years ago. And so even if you do not have children in your own home, um, we had impacted a gentleman in our youth group. And you can think of people in your workplace, potentially, you know, whatever environment you're in who can be impacted. It was really neat because I had a single friend say to me that she had gotten together with some friends and the whole conversation turned to marriage. And she's single, they're married, but she's like, because I had sat and through the, all of this here, I was able to share with them some of the things that you have said about marriage. And so you don't know when you are going to be able to impact somebody 
Um, and so just keep that in mind. To help you form a vision statement, we want you to think of these questions. And we will make sure that we put our notes on our website. We will put a link so that you can look at them. So I'm not saying you have to write them. But um, these are some things to think about when you're wanting to form a vision statement for your marriage. What are God's priorities? Okay, not just yours. And that's why we say get into the word of God. What are God's priorities for your marriage? What do we want our marriage to represent to each other? to our family and to the world. What's at the core of our marriage? What are our top priorities? And what do we hope to accomplish together over the course of our marriage? So our vision statement was to fear God and keep his commandments. And we will seek God first and pursue each other next. So we had a pretty simple vision statement, again, Fear God and keep his commandments, and we will seek God first and pursue each other next. So to bring the love of your marriage to a fruition, to completion, down the road, and of course that's what we're trying to get you to think, is that vision that sits out there. It requires intentionality, it requires discipline, determination, and focus. It is a lifetime of work. And we know that we're only 32 years into it. My mom and dad are 60 plus years. Maybe some of you sitting here are only five, 10 years. It does take work, but that's what we are hoping that you will see is how to cast that vision for your marriage. Absolutely. And, and truthfully, the vision uh, statement, the vision that you guys have for yourselves, it, it just brings instant clarity to so many things and so many decisions that you're gonna make. Just instant clarity. You know, if, you're, if your job is going to be, hey, our, like ours, our, our vision is to keep his commandments. We got that obviously from Ecclesiastes 12, 13. It says, the end of the matter is this, all has been heard, fear the God and keep his commandments. I mean, that's what we understood to be true about our own lives. And we thought that should be important in our vision statement. Now, I want you to also know this, that many of you guys are thinking, hey, I don't have a vision statement. And I've made it 60 years. And that's, that's great for you. The truth is we even found as we were doing this later on in our marriage that we had already done a lot of these things, but we just hadn't, we hadn't put it in writing. Like we hadn't put it down. So it's important for you to understand that it's, it's okay not to have one and think to yourself, I'm all right, I'm doing okay. But there was a whole nother level in which our relationship got closer when we were like, hey, let's really write this down. Let's really talk out what we want to accomplish and where we want to go. And the next step is, is in this process is really about core values. We're not going to jump to the mission statement because it really, I need you to understand something that each one of you have these incredible core values. After you've thought about your big picture goal, your vision uh, of your marriage, we think that it's helpful for you to write down some core values of who you are to help you build your mission statement. Okay? Who are you? What is it that makes you up? What is the inside of you? What drives you? What are your passions? What is it about God in his word that gives you these incredible feelings? Our core values are what is really important to us. What is really important to you as a person, as an individual, as a couple. Um, do you know what those are? Do, are you, do you speak those, speak life into those ideas of what really makes up who you are as a person? You won't live by this list of shoulds or uh, oughts. We don't want you to do that. These are not shoulds or oughts. These are not like, hey, I want the core value of, hey, I'm going to be really compassionate because I really 
think we should do that. I just want you to know that's not one of my core values. I was going to say, that's kind of funny that you'd take compassion. Well, that's why I chose it because that's not one of ours. That's, it wasn't one um, of ours. So don't choose one that, you know, like, hey, it should be this. No, God gave you a skill set. He gave you the person that you are. So, you know, pick core values that fit you. Don't pick core values that don't fit you that you think, oh, everybody will like this fluffy statement. Okay? It don't work that way because everybody knows the truth about me. Right? <laughs> You're getting better. Well, maybe eventually it will be a core value, but right now it's, it's still not. something I'm struggling with. <laughs> it can be a one-word phrase, or I'm sorry, like serving or giving, or it can be a longer statement. A core value doesn't have to be like just a single thought. It can be something else. You know, family harmony. Uh, we want to have a dynamic of spiritual life. We want to, you know, we want to have a life that, uh, a family that prays together. You can have all kinds of core values. And, and they don't, again, have to be extremely one word, but they can be a little longer. And core values help you define the key traits in which you could put your mission statement together. Okay, so I want you to think about that too. We're, we're saying things, we're going to de declare things on our family that are something we can put in a mi mission statement, something we can hold on to every single day or we can think about or have on our wall in our home that declares God's in our home. Uh, core values lean towards spiritual gifts. Okay, so I want you to think about that. Predominantly your husband's spiritual gift is probably going to win out the lead core value. Do I think that's sexist? No, but you can take it up with God. Um, I do think that the man should decide the, the main core value. Now, you're going to have several of them. We're going to share together. We're going to have core values that actually build a stronger unit. And if you know anything about the way God's humor is, most of the time, what happens? Opposites attract, right? And so opposites naturally attract. So my values and her values are not negatively approaching each other. They're actually incredibly complementary. In other words, I am not organized at all. She is extremely organized. Hallelujah. I am not very clean. She is extremely clean. <laughs> Amen. Your garage is a mess. <laughs> There are certain areas my wife is not allowed to go. These are core values in the home. <laughs> but truly, when we think about the, the core values, I, I, I confess to you guys, like, listen, my brother's eight, nine years older than me. I was like an only child. What was mine was mine. What was yours was mine. It was all mine. So when Ron wanted one of our core values to be giving, um, I was like, oh, okay. But that was good. We needed to, and I needed to learn to be a better giver as far as like surrendering my stuff. It was easy to give stuff like um, money or just different things that, you know, you don't have attachment to, but it was harder to give stuff that was like, I'm personally attached to that. And Ron's like, then you shouldn't be attached to things. Things shouldn't matter more to you than people. And, and I didn't think they did, but sometimes it was hard to give. But that's an example of, that was your strength, and yeah. you were going to be the one who would determine more about giving in our home. Um, I've always been a good giver to God. Yes, you have been. That's one thing I'm... Better than, you're better than me. I am. You're the cumin, the dill. <laughs> what else is in that list? I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm just good at giving yeah, to God. You are. Okay. You are, you but are. That was, that's an example of that being your strong point. Absolutely. So in a core value. And truthfully, the core value that we chose to be the number one goal was not just a lofty goal that was mine, but it really was ours together. And ours, our core values were these. Love, give, serve, and lead. It fit into the way in which we thought together as a group. We're going to be loving. Uh, we're going to be compassionate. Not when I, that's not the right word. Um, loving. Okay, we'll stick to loving. And loving was probably because of me. Yes, but it's concern. <laughs> okay. Maybe we... So, loving, giving, serving, and leading. Now, one of the things you have to realize is, is you don't have to have 19 of them. Okay. Uh, most of the time when we do this with couples and we'll say, hey, come up with some core values, you know, they got a list of 27 core values. And we're like, you yeah, know, that's just great. It's too but many. You're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, don't overshoot this, I, uh, this, this item. Just pick the ones you know are yours. And everybody in the room, if I went around and said, what would your friends say your top four values are, they could probably list them off. If you went to your parents and said, what do you think my top four values? If you told your wife, what are my top four values? Values. Everybody knows our values, and so it's important that you pick the ones that everybody would choose, the, the ones that make up and define you. That will help you very much. If, if your vision and mis, uh, mission is too elaborate, you probably won't even remember it. So that's another thing, that, reason why you don't want to have 27 of them. You know, we want this mission statement to be something that you remember, something that is powerful and effective, and something that you can use. Keep it short and sweet. We think of it this way. Uh, does it pass the T-shirt test? In other words, if it doesn't pass the T-shirt test, it's probably too paragraphy. It's probably too long. Probably said to say, hey, can you read this side? Oh, can you turn around? I need to finish the statement. Okay, we, we don't want that. We want it to be something that uh, you can write quickly, you can think together, and it can be something that uh, identifies you. Uh, we should be more known for what we are for in our core values and, and not what we're against. So one of the things we don't want you to do is say, well, my core value is uh, hatred. It's not a good one. See. <laughs> it was kind of random. You like that one? That's good. <laughs> so what are, what are you for? Yeah. What are the things that you're for? What are, what are positive things that you're for your marriage needs to be? Because I'm telling you, there's a few negative people in the world. So sometimes... You know, core values can be found out to be negative. Also, we want your values that everybody in the family could own, listen, so that these values don't own us. We want everybody to be able to own these values in the family. So they should be something that you want to be passing on to the next generation, okay? Things that you would say, hey, this is what I want my children to be known for. Or for us in our home, it was always, this is what the Hoffmans are known for. This is who we are. Nobody's going to question. This is what we do. This is who we are. And we want to make sure we're living out these things. Yeah. So sometimes it's easy to think of decisions that you will make as two categories. We're going to make right decisions and we're going to make wrong decisions. But I'd like to ch challenge you to think about another category, and that is those who fail to choose. <clears throat> so when you fail to propel your marriage on a course with set priorities and goals, it leaves you, your future at the whim of whatever is happening in the culture. You just seem to be directed by, oh, well, this is what's popular or this is what seems to be in. So try to think of that. If you are not making a decision, it can own you just as much. We want, in our lives, we tend to want joy without sacrifice. We want character without suffering. 
Success without failure, gain without pain, a testimony without the test. We want it all without going, at all, going all in. But when you have a vision, core values, mission, that is what you are saying. I am all in and our marriage will represent something. So remember, indecision is a decision. Inaction is an action. Good things don't happen by default. They happen by design. And that's why we want to impress this upon you. Absolutely. So when we think about our vision, what we want to be in the long term, what we want to think about where we're headed as a, as a marriage couple, when we think about core values, who are we? Now let's talk a little bit about mission. What is the mission and, and how does it play into our lives as we're putting them together? A mission statement gives clarity to the daily, weekly, monthly, yearly decisions that you must make to reach your vision. Okay, so I, I want you to think about that. This mission statement that we're going to want you guys to create and come up with is something that you can put on paper that is going to help you get to where you want to be. So many people will make decisions in their lives without thinking out what their long-term goals are going to be. Your mission statement is a vital at directing the goals that you make in your home. As you've heard us say multiply times throughout the series, understand that why helps solidify the what. The why do we have this mission statement is what we do. And we want to understand that clearly. Okay, so why do we choose to live by a mission statement? Why do we choose to say, hey, this is who we're going to be. We're going to practice these core values. We're going to have this mission. Why is this? Well, even when day-to-day -day living is mundane or difficult, it strengthens the daily teamwork needed between you and your spouse. There's, there's nothing like something that you guys have already agreed with that you can say, honey, just clearly this is not part of what we want to be. This is clearly not part of where we want to go. And sometimes couples find themselves in this situation when they, their priorities, for example, drift into their children are the most important things or their jobs are the most important things. So they start making family decisions, marriage decisions based on things that are outside the home. And so this is why it's so important. That you got to think about your day-to-day -day living, the way in which you make these goals, and this is why it's important. Why do we do it? Uh, so that you will have a, uh, when you have hard days, when you have moments where your wife throws herself on the bed and says, <laughs> I can't take it anymore, I'll give in. You can just calmly say, okay, that's fantastic. I'm glad you're back on mission. Uh, no, you don't do that sarcastically, by the way. You don't do that. <laughs> you love her and you say, honey, this is exactly why we have a mission. This is what brings us together. This is what gives us instant clarity. And that's another why. The why of a mission statement brings us instant clarity in what we're doing. Okay? Instant clarity. If you find yourself even right now struggling in your marriage, if you find yourself at odds with each other, it really comes down to clarity. You're not clear on what the relationship is supposed to look like and what you have together decided that it will look like. Uh, discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Think about that. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. So many times marriages make rash decisions because they want to solve today. They want to solve this instant problem. And when they do that, oftentimes the long-term costs are too great. And you find yourself somewhere you never wanted to be. Why do we do this? When decisions in life come your way, you can look at your mission and vision statement and see that it is 
that specific decisions help or hinder achieving your goals. Uh, One of the things that we talk about in our relationship is our vision and mission about what commercial fishing is and how that plays out. And one of the things, obviously, since I was a commercial fisherman and, and it was a part of me being generous and a way in which I could be generous, we just determined, hey, this is going to be a valuable part of what we do and how we do it. And, and it made instant clarity for our summer activity and why we valued it so much because we wanted to teach our kids what it meant to be hard workers and what it meant was to live without a cell phone and what, what it was to like to live without electricity and power and the comforts of home. We can go somewhere that's so remote that they can survive. And you want to know when it paid off? When we were in the middle of Hurricane Wilma. And we were down in Mexico. And the, the tourists, the Americans, were just crazy. Panicked. They were panicked people. And my kids were just like, what's the big deal? We don't have power. It's no big deal. We can cook food on a stove. It's no big deal. I don't care about having a bathroom. It's all right. And all of a sudden we realized, hey, the way in which we are going to train our kids and the core values we're going to have and the way we're going to pursue life is played out when crisis hits. And just so you know, crisis is going to hit your marriage. So that's why we have these mission statements. Yeah. Um, It is easy, I think, more for moms. We get caught in the day-to-day, and I think that's where it helped me. If I was able to step back and think about some of the decisions that were happening in the day-to-day, I could then see, listen, this isn't a right decision. This is our goal. This isn't the right decision. No, that's not what we're going to do. And I think you kind of see the big picture. You're the dad that comes in, um, and moms kind of tend to get caught a little bit in the day-to-day. That wears you out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, so a mission statement answers questions like this as Ron started out, the why to solidify the what. Why do we do what we do? What do we do? Whom do we desire to influence by the choices that we make to form our mission statement? How do we influence them through our marriage? What do we need to do daily in every aspect of our lives in order to make our vision a reality? What values of the marriage are fundamental? Remember, if you have too many values, you will value nothing. So you want to have very clear values. How and where will we serve well together? And that might be something specific for you um, because sometimes people have a a goal of maybe missions or something along those lines. Um, So that might be something you would include is where are we going to serve together? Um, And even what activities do we want to avoid in our marriage? And I think that might be important for people Mm. who maybe have had some um, struggles maybe with some addictions or maybe even um, family, generationally, you are aware of some addictions in your family. Maybe even something like forgiveness, which you can just kind of see. And so while we said, make sure it's not about what you are not going to be about, in some ways, that might be something that you would also have to address. What activities do we want to avoid in our marriage? And that could be something specific for somebody as well. So, well, I, yeah. I think that one of the things that you have to realize is it, it is all kinds of activities. So I'll give you an example for her and I, and it was really important for us. Our son obviously was pretty good at basketball. He loved sports with all of his heart and more. And... Uh, Oftentimes, he would be challenged to be on basketball teams that would take him out of Wednesday night services. Or he would uh, be on teams that would play on Sunday. 
And uh, we said, son, we don't believe that that is the best choice for you. Matter of fact, we don't really think that God's going to reward you for being on sports teams during those times. And so we just made a pact between ourselves to say, listen, because our core value is that God's going to be one and we're going to make sure church is a priority, we're just not doing that. And if God works it out that you can play Division I basketball, that's great. If God doesn't, then it got, that wasn't God's plan for your life anyway. It was amazing, obviously, that he got to play Division I basketball regardless of not ever playing on a Sunday and a Wednesday for the most part that I can ever remember. And that goes for some of us guys as well. Playing in toys, you know, we, we just created a policy that we were not ever going to miss Sunday morning. We were going to play all night long and ride four-wheelers and snow machines till 3 in the morning, but we were all going to load up and come back and make sure we were in church. Things like that mattered in that topic of, of how and why you create these things. Yeah, they do. So our mission statement was to uh, create a legacy of loving, giving, serving, and leading, which those were our core values put in, first and foremost with our children and then with others. So that was our personal mission statement. Absolutely. And I think that that is very important that we put our, our we made sure that our relationship was in our vision. In other words, this is the most important thing. We're going to seek God and we're going to seek each other uh, second. And then in our mission, we started to describe what our family was going to do and where our children played and really where everybody else plays. And if you'll know anything about our family, you would probably say that that probably describes the way in which we live. We don't, we have time for people. We want to engage in people as much as we can. Uh, we're going to invest in our kids because our number one goal as a couple is to create God-fearing children. That's the the purpose of marriage. And also, we're going to make sure that our marriage is the most important thing that's out there. And we know that if we pursue God, that'll happen. And so that was the way in which we created it. And we got these ideas from the Bible verses that were ours, that what we held on to. And what helped us form our mission statement was this. Ecclesiastes, of course, 3, 12, 13, which I already read. The end of the matter, at the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And this is what just really solidified our vision statement. Again, your, your mission statement or your vision statement can have any passage that you want, but it needs to be based on something that is truth, just so you know. Yeah. So, so, again, we want your vision statement to be based in truth. And same with your mission statement. We got ours from Ephesians 5, 1 uh, uh, through 1 and 2. It says this, above all, we pledge to be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. Our main verse that we're like, hey, what is the main verse that kind of puts our family together? What's the main verse that we kind of think is important to us was Joshua 1.8, which is a great verse. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For when you will make your way, then it will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So my question is, as you're making your vision, your mission, and your core values, as you're putting this together, understand the promises that God has. When you do it that way, you will be prosperous and you will have great success. This does not mean you will not have trials. This does not mean that tragedy will not happen. This overall is the state which your family probably will survive through the end. Probably. Yeah. So I, I just want to emphasize, Han, if you remember, when we were trying to think about what we thought our core values were, that's when we went to Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. We thought, mm -hmm. what, what would be a verse that would have some of those things? So if you yeah. remember, it's like love, 
gave, sacrificing, which would yep. be serving, etc. So anyhow, think about that with with what you are wanting in your core values. And then when you find a verse that, you know, yeah. it, they just go together. And that, that helps you. Again, you don't just, you're not just trying to pull anything out of the hat, out of the air. You're really trying to see this as something that will change generations. And God's word is powerful. And if you use God's word as a compass, that will change your marriage. So when we think about bringing this all together, what we want to emphasize is you can do something like we, and then put your names in there, are committed to, and then you can list your vision, mission, core values wrapped up into it. Um, we did not do that specifically in that way, but it can be a neat way for you to do it, is to put, into, put your name specifically into it. Think about your um, mission, vision, core values. Think about all of this almost as like a marital constitution. Yeah. that you are going to print, frame it, hang it up, and live by it. Um, it's a good reminder. It's neat when people can come into your house and also see that this is what you stand by. It reminds you so that as you maybe begin to veer off course and think, you know what, I'm done with this marriage. I, I just, I'm fed up with it. If you have a reminder like this, it helps you no, this is what we purpose together, and we will not allow Satan to destroy what God has brought together. So we, we truly do believe that this is valuable. And again, I think that if you were honest and thought about putting something like this together, and then you established every one of your arguments that you had, and you placed it in the midst of whatever this was, this vision, this mission, these core values, I think your argument would just about end. It, it would just point out, and what it points out in our relationship is, Ron, you're just being a jerk. You're not being patient. You're not being loving. You're not being giving to me. Matter of fact, one of our, our conversations are constantly, hey, make sure that you do this to the family or to me before you do it to everyone else. Because as pastor, I can find myself being available for everyone except her. Right? Is that not normally what happens in our lives? Absolutely. And so I have to constantly be reminded that I should do that. He brought me lunch today. <laughs> but I also sent him a reminder. I was going to say, that's not, thank you very much, honey. But you don't, and don't tell him you sent me a text. <laughs> well, that's what you said last that's time. That's what you I said needed. the other person sent you a text. So I was like, I'll send him a text. That's Bring exactly me lunch right. <laughs> Women help your husbands out. They're not that bright. I keep telling you that. Don't give them too much credit. They're not thinking on all cylinders most of the time, most of the time. Well, we also want to tell you as you're putting these things together, it's important that you get your relationship in such a strengthly, a strong place that you can change the direction of your life forever, okay? And, and we've been talking about prepare and enrich. Uh, and we want to just make sure that you're understanding what we're wanting in doing this. Um, I want you to understand that we're looking in this church for people to do a couple of things. Number one, I, I'm wanting the entire church to go through uh, this Prepare Enrich uh, series. Uh, and this sitting down with a mentor and just going through and strengthening your marriage. But we'll also be looking for mentors, people who are willing to sit down with other couples and invest in their lives. We truly believe that uh, it's something that strong families have missed out. You know, there was once a thing called the core family value. In other words... Most people got their core, their value system from their families. They had their great-grandparents to look on, their grandparents to look on, their parents to look on, 
and they were godly models of what it meant to be in a positive relationship. And guess what? Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. That's a different world. That's not a world we live in any longer. And so we want to put this together and, and make people understand that Prepare and Rich is something that we're going to do as a church to start to strengthen fundamentally every part of relationships and marriage. This is for premarital people. This is for married people. This is for married 50 years. Like I said, Crystal and I did it ourselves. Uh, this is for all relationships. And not only that, it will help you like this series to think about ways in which you can help couples are around. Now we want you to understand something. To be involved in this program, you don't have to be perfect. Hallelujah. Okay? You don't have to be perfect. You just need to be available. You need to be willing to improve your relationship and someone else's relationship. I promise you if you go through this and you're engaged in this, your relationship will be enriched. And you'll find yourself, uh, no matter how good you think your relationship is, it will help. It's also a pretty minimal commitment. The commitment of this series that we want you guys to go through over this year as we're working on developing mentors and having people sign up, it's an hour and a half for about six weeks, once a week, that you would be investing. And uh, if you're willing to understand that you're wasting more than an hour and a half doing uh, television, uh, video well, games. So I looked this up, babe. I okay. looked this up. And the average person spends two hours on social media a day and three hours watching television. That's five hours a day in mindless activities. So my thought is if you can spend five hours a day, you could at least spend one and a half hours a week encouraging another couple. Yes, absolutely. You know what? I, I didn't know why people were on Facebook. Uh, I really don't. I just, I don't get it. I, I try to get it. I don't get it. Uh, how people just love to watch people lying to everyone on Facebook. Um, and so I never really could figure it out. I'm like, why would I care that I listen to somebody lie about their life? Because it's just not reality. And then I found Facebook Marketplace. And I thought, oh, well, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have this problem. Can anybody help me? Take that, that you get that off my phone. Uh, just, no. I'm just that was a confession, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So we do know that you, we don't, we all have time, okay? We all have time to invest in our relationships. We all have time to engage in, in what it looks like. Uh, you have time yeah. to actually invest in the time it takes to create a mission, vision, and core values in your family. And can we tell you something? We really want you to take the time. Now, I, I'm going to let you know a little secret. If you're already in a, in a possession in your relationship where there's some stress, and there's a little anxiety, it will be difficult. Because if you don't come with prayer and you don't come with the word as the guideline, you're going to start seeing one or the other in the relationship vying for the values in which they want to dominate. Okay? And so just be aware of that. Understand that that's not the way this was designed to be. When I say that the male uh, should be the, the lead 